My husband is having an affair with your wife. I don't think we should talk about it. There's your pet. Kill them. Oh, man. Oh, God. 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 This week on the fourth episode of Cut of Trash that tries to be as short as humanly possible, Eric and Jason review the graphic novel The Chinese Jewel and the movie Last Night, and inexplicably, Hulk number seven. Go figure. Welcome to Gut of Trash. My name is Eric. And I'm Jason. This is episode four? Four? Four. Is it? Yeah. Uh, wow. So this is the comic portion of our show. Uh, although I kind of like just talking about nothing. But, yeah, uh, me too. Uh, that's, that's not what the fans are here for. That's right. All one of them. Thank you. Marty from guys. Saskatchewan. Yes. Ooh. International. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, the comic that uh, I guess I chose it this time. Mm-hmm. I had to balance the the scales of karma with this one. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I'd uh, the book I chose. I chose it because a couple of months ago I uh, fell headfirst into luck and uh, got an advanced copy of a graphic novel uh, under the, the pretense that I would uh, review it, uh, and I never did. <laughs> and I feel really bad about that. Uh, so we're doing it now. Um, it's already out now. It, oh, it's already out. It's available in stores. Uh, you can find it on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, all that. It's uh, Batman Hush. Yes, Volume Three. Volume Three. The the unpublished uh, uh, additional six issues by Jeff Loeb and Jim Lee. Right. Uh, Where you find out Alfred is really a ambush bug. Right. Uh, wow, that would be kind of awesome. But <laughs> well, maybe not by Jeff Loeb. Right. But. Um, <laughs> Uh, it's, it's Teen Wolf versus Hush. Wow. That'd be good. Wow. Wow. <laughs> uh, no, it's not Hush. Uh, who, who am I kidding? Yeah. So even though I'm reviewing this now, this will not be, uh, obviously, uh, if you've been listening up to this point, not as eloquent as if I would have written a review. Right. And I'm probably going to use the word fuck a lot more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, all positively... Yeah, really? Maybe, okay. yeah, because I really enjoyed this book. It's The Shiniest Jewel by cartoonist Marion Henley. Mm. Uh, she apparently created a comic strip that I've never heard of or read called Maxine. I, I've seen I've seen it. Like a, I think it was like a, some used bookstore, like Half Price Books or something, but I've never read it. Right. And it's not the, the Maxine that you see on like the, the Hallmark... Uh, Mm-hmm. Uh, cards the the cranky old lady right. with uh, yeah I guess it's like Kathy but uh, skinnier and less psychotic mm. probably I think I, I don't know never read it so I don't know this is just uh, what I've uh, grasped from the the vast wealth that is the internet mm. with the, the two sites <laughs> available that I could find out any information on right. 
the internet, what a piece of shit. <clears throat> I guess this is her first original graphic novel. Oh, is that right? Okay. I don't. I don't know for sure. I can't. Don't take that as my as 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 fact. All right. Uh, <laughs> in, in fact, nothing you or I say. Exactly. Uh, everything is just going to be opinion and uh, shit we make up. Right. Uh, from here on out. From here on out. Until we're dead. Exactly. Uh, it's, it's the only way we can cover our asses. <laughs> that should be legally binding. Oh man. I guess uh, maybe eventually in this uh, half hour we should talk about the book. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Chinese Jewel uh, by Marion Henley, because you probably already forgot what the fuck we were talking about. Yeah. <laughs> we were talking about yeah. this book. Um, <clears throat> I guess I'll just say my opinion of the book first. Um, I really, really loved it. Mm-hmm. Among one of the better graphic novels I've read uh, all year. Wow. That's um, and yeah, it is. Uh, but you know, I've also read uh, a distinct variety of books as well. I mean, you know, Umbrella Academy is also one of my favorite graphic novels I've read this year. Yeah, a completely and totally <laughs> different book. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, very much one eighty. <clears throat> yeah, but it's uh, not a biographical uh, uh, graphic novel, and. Uh, uh, I think part of the reason why I chose it is also to to prove uh, from uh, last episode that I don't hate autobiographical comics. Oh yeah, because I really disliked our, our previous choice. Yeah, the David Heatley one. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and so I, I wanted to choose one that I, I knew I would I, I, that I knew that I liked. I knew you liked autobiographical stuff. Yeah, but uh, but the world didn't. That's right. And now they do. Maybe, I don't know. Who gives a shit? Gary from Nova Scotia. Where, I can't remember where I said but, uh, uh, Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan. Yeah. And, uh, was it Brendan you said? <laughs> I can't remember. Ah, fuck it. Who cares? If there is a Gary from Nova Scotia listening, uh, write in. Yeah, we'll send you a, a free graphic novel. Yeah. You pay the postage, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just one we're going to steal from Mavericks, right? All right. Sweet. All right. Uh, I'm going to steal it from the Bill Book and Comic. Oh, that's even better. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, the book, what's it about? It's about new life and and, uh, old life, death and new beginnings, and her family. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, partly partly about her dad who's in the hospital going through some th- stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, throughout the the course of the story, uh, I don't know exactly the time frame of it. A couple months at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe even a year. I, I know it's a few months at least, yeah. It, it take, it's a while. And he goes into surgery at some point. It's like a blocked vein in his leg. Yeah, it? and he has numerous complications uh, throughout. Uh, once up in the hospital multiple times in the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, different surgeries... Uh, he already starts out sort of in bad shape, but, but, you know, dealing with it, uh, I guess, they never really say, but I'm, I'm gonna guess, like, throat cancer or something like that. Yeah, because he had one of his voice boxes. Yeah, the, the, like, the guy from South. Yeah, like that guy. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah, uh, this is my only frame of reference. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, the story's mostly about her, uh, she's 50 years old. Pushing 50. Pushing 50. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, she has a, a boyfriend of nine years who lives in another state, and she's decided that she wants to adopt a child. And uh, We've all been there. Oh, yeah. 49. 49. Dude's out. 
dude's off in another state. Yep, yep. feeling that, that maternal clock yeah. ticking away. I'm right there. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> no, but, I mean, it, 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 you can really relate to it, like, no, you know, joking aside, because she, you know, she does a good job with uh, fleshing out the character of herself and the relation to her parents. Like, her, like when it starts out, her dad seems kind of like a jerk. Yeah. And then, you know, in the middle of the story, when she starts kind of filling in on his past, you know, you, you start liking him a little bit more and yeah. seeing his perspective. Uh, yeah, uh, she I will, She definitely does a good job of, of uh, making you care about every single person involved in her life, mm-hmm. uh, from her, her mother and her boyfriend, uh, her, her father, definitely. Um, her sisters, not so much, but we, we get just enough to, to sort of know, because mm-hmm. uh, the sisters aren't incredibly important to the story, but, but they're there to help propel right. certain things along. There's a couple of key conversations. Right, that. right. Uh, but yeah, so she's decided to adopt a baby, uh, pushing 50, and she goes through all the channels and, uh, winds up in line for, uh, to adopt a kid from Russia. Mm-hmm. Uh, and basically she gets put through sort of the, the bureaucratic ringer, and, uh, turns out that she will not be able to adopt the baby that she originally thought she was going to get. Right. Uh, and she had built up a lot of hope into that, uh, but at the same time, she was having nightmares about it as well. Um, <clears throat> but uh, you know, and, and she, her biggest fear was was approval from her parents, mm-hmm. uh, especially her dad. And I think her dad eventually concedes and, and gives approval for it. Yeah, there's like a scene where he he doesn't really say anything, but he <clears throat> he invites her upstairs, and he like had laid some warm clothes out That's on the right. bed. Yep, yep. Yeah, that was kind of a, a good way to kind of illustrate his, his character. Yeah. yeah, he's he's the you know strong, silent, thoughtful type. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Um, like a black bolt from the Inhumans. Sort of. Yes. Wow. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. It's uh, I, I like the Inhumans. <laughs> yeah. Me too. I like the Inhumans. And uh, well, yeah, I guess she's maybe like. Uh, Medusa with the, the red hair. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> I, one thing I can't remember why why did she decide to go you know adopt a Russian child? Was it something to do with like the poverty? Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't even remember if they they go I, into that. Yeah, I, I was gonna. Um, I was I was thinking about that earlier today, and I was like looking back in there, but I didn't I didn't see. Yeah, I don't recall very well. Um, I think maybe it was just, uh, you know, that was uh, just sort of the way the the uh, the adoption cookie crumbled. Oh, right. I don't know. Uh, but uh, even though that first adoption that we, we are set up with uh, falls through, uh, towards the middle of the book, uh, she winds up in the process of maybe getting a different child from Russia. Mm-hmm. Uh, one... Initially, she's unsure if she wants to even try at this point. Just she's getting over the heartbreak of, of losing the first one, mm-hmm. uh, and you know her family has sort of gotten past it as well. Uh, you know, and at this point, her dad was fairly sick, so she was sort of focused on that. She had a lot going on, right? Right, and uh, it ain't cheap. I think she said it's like thirty, forty thousand. The the the. Monetary figures that she she spouts oh, out in this is insane. That. 
I mean, I thought $250 for a puppy was a lot. Right. <laughs> I, saw a, I saw a sign at the grocery tonight. Yeah. yeah. And then she what, she has to fly to Russia like three times yeah. or something like yeah. that. Yeah, that's kind of expensive as well. Yeah. I mean, you know, we just got back from Chicago, and that cost like $300. Yeah. And that nearly killed me, you know? Right. <laughs> That's a state away, yeah. I know, it, it seems so weird that, you know, usually the autobiographical comics I read are by, you know, middle-aged white dudes who can't get over themselves and have right. relationship problems. Yeah, and it's you all know, about their, their uh, sexual, uh, you know, misadventures. And, and I can totally relate to that. Right, this right. Is, this is a graphic novel about a 49-year-old lady with enough cash to spend 40 grand on a, on a, on a kid. right. And, and I'm, I'm like, and buy a house, and buy a house, <laughs> and for some reason I can still, I can still totally get into it. Yeah. Right. So to me, that's a sign that she's, you know, she's a good storyteller. Oh hell yeah! Um, in the art, it's not, it's not amazing art by any means, but it's so light and, and fluid that it just pulls you through the story. I mean, the very first time I read this book, it took me half an hour. Right. And it's and, like 150 pages. Right. And that's just because from page one, I'm glued and I'm dragged through it. And <clears throat> throughout the entire thing, I'm, I'm feeling like every single emotion known to humankind. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, because it's funny in a lot of places. It's hilarious. It's very, yeah. Uh, it's whimsical. Uh, there's, uh, she's, uh, she's given to drawing just, just crazy shit. Uh, to to get a point yeah. across, I was going to mention that I, I love that. Yeah, like uh, and to me that's cartooning. You know, whenever like she she's talking to her parents and she's like, "I'm going to drop this bomb," and she draws she, herself with a bomb on her back. Yeah. yeah, and 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 not just like on that one panel, but like for like four or five panels, she's right, walking right. around with a bomb on her back, or like she's she draws. There's this entire scene where she's like, "I felt like a ox just plodding along and right. walking through the motions, and not thinking." And this entire like two-page scene she's she draws herself as an ox talking yeah. to this lady and it's like <clears throat> it kind of gives it a you know an interesting visual and there's uh like one one scene that i remember was uh when she's talking about her mom and uh, how strong her mom is and she draws her as like a superhero yeah and she's like you know punching bad guys and they're like flying off <laughs> the, the page and i mean it's yeah she's using the language of comics as it's meant to be and I think that's something you don't see a lot in uh, autobiographical comics. Right. It's all, you know, just about, you know, this is the way I looked the day that I did this thing that I'm talking yeah. about right now. Yeah. And, and another thing about her that I thought was good is, like you mentioned, it's real, it's kind of sparse of detail. Right. But it make, gives it that fluid, like, easily red motion. But there's, like, th- maybe three or four scenes in the book where, you know, you can tell she wants you to slow down, and there's like a, you know, almost like a splash page. Right. And there's a lot of detail put in, like, you know, like the outside, like she's talking about how beautiful it is or something. And, you know, she, it's almost like she knows when to put the detail in to to right. give impact to a scene. Yeah. And, I, I think she's, I think she's really good. Oh, she knows yeah. what she's doing. And, uh, I mean... Just from what little I've seen of her comic strip, I can't say I'm too interested in, in reading that stuff. Mm-hmm. But if she puts out another graphic novel, I'm there. Yeah. Because uh, I was incredibly impressed with this. Um, and yeah, I mean, well, she's been doing this since 1981, something yeah. like that. So she's got the experience. She knows how to tell the story. And she's awesome at it. Since before Empire Strikes Back. I she's knew been- there were... 
oh, I knew there would be a Star Wars reference. Oh. I don't know why. In my head, for some reason, like earlier this afternoon, I started thinking about the show. I'm thinking, man, we're, we're probably going to make like an inappropriate Star Wars reference <laughs> at some point. Oh. And there you go. Well, you need to be me because you hate Star Wars. Uh, I figured it would be you, but I uh, honestly didn't think that, that you'd follow through <laughs> with my, my, uh, my schizophrenia. You inspired it somehow. Wow. You planted the seed. Man. That's weird. <laughs> that is weird. So, in the book, um, you know, uh, I'm mad enough to admit it made me cry. I I, I got about 100 pages in. <laughs> a little bit over 100 pages in. And I, uh, <clears throat> I, was, I may have ate some onions, I'm not sure. <laughs> but there was, there was a time where uh, maybe I plucked a nose hair while I was reading it. And subconsciously, but... <laughs> Dude, man up. <laughs> it was sad. It was sad. <laughs> it made me cry. Uh, yeah, uh, especially towards the end with, with her dad. Well, A, the joy of her finally... My headphones are slipping. Uh, yeah, not the, the, the joy of her finally getting uh, her child, mm-hmm. uh, Igor, mm-hmm. uh, who she does rename William, right. uh, which is her father's name. And right at the same time, her father is basically dying. Mm-hmm. Uh, this all just comes together, and it's like almost nonstop. Man, my voice is like shit today. But mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, it gets really heart wrenching towards the end of the story. Yeah. But at the same time, there's like that that the air of of hope and and uh, you know happiness that's just on the horizon. Mm-hmm. You know, like like it's sad that her her dad is dying, but she knows. That once he passes, and once the grief passes, that you know, there's just infinite happiness ahead. There's and that scene where she uh, brought her son to to meet me yeah. dad too. That was, I mean, that was pretty powerful. Yeah. So uh, definitely, uh, yeah, you're you're in for a gamut of emotion. I'm getting a little misty, kind of talking about yeah. it, thinking about it. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna need you to to hold me after the show's yeah. over. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's fine. So let me finish this beer. Alright. <laughs> we'll, we'll spoon. Yeah. yeah. Well, we would anyway. All right. so, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I would agree. It's It was a really good book. I was surprised. Like, I really didn't think... It kind of looks like one of those books that, you know, your mom would be like, Oh, you like comics? I, right. I've right. got this. And, uh, <clears throat> no, it was good. Right. It was really good. I, I kind of have a story about uh, that. Oh, yeah? My mom. and uh, Oh, you like comics. Oh, yeah? <laughs> a couple months ago in her uh, soap opera digest, there was uh, an article about uh, an actor on, like, uh, All My Children or One Life to Live or something like that who who wrote a comic. Oh, really? And she, she uh, like... Uh, she put the magazine in my, my mailbox with uh, like a post-it on the page where the interview was, and it looks like a uh, like really bad uh, top cow level uh, of you know like the darkness oh, witchblade type si- stuff. Sideblade? No, not sideblade. Like you know, just that that uh, like for a while there was that sort of that weird uh, dark fantasy organic. Biology, uh, okay. like uh, yeah, like uh, organic armor. And yeah, like yeah, that. shit like that. It, uh, yeah, it looked like something like Top Cow would have done, like in association uh-huh. with like Pat Lee. You know, <laughs> I'm gonna pick that for our, our next review. All right, awesome. I'll find out the name. Yeah. 
It's called, uh, like, Soul Stealer. Soul Taker? Soul Taker, maybe? I think we've carried that. I bet we have that in my work. Uh, it hasn't come out yet. There's a book called Soul Saga, maybe? Soul Saga is uh, uh, an existing book. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's what There's a bunch of books named Soul something. Soul Searchers, Soul Saga, Soul Eater, I don't know. I'm going to look it up right now, because uh, <laughs> i got nothing better to do with my life. Soul, uh, and uh, I think soul. we've we've uh, discussed the Chinese stool. Soul, uh, su- soul survivor of a nuclear war. Yeah, uh, you know what's sad is that I remember the actor's name because I'm typing it in right now. <laughs> you remember the act, the the daytime drama actor? Yes. What are those things called? Soap operas. Soap operas. Yes. So, anything else you want to talk about uh, about uh, the shiny stool? I'm looking this crap up. Um, burp, burp, burp. nope. No? I, th- I think I mentioned everything that I. There's nothing I didn't like about it. Yeah. I can't really say. Well, this is the big flaw that that you know needs to be addressed. I mean, yeah, it was it was good. It was really good, and I recommend it. Uh, yeah, I do as well. Um, I think uh, it's definitely a, a book that I would think anyone can read as long as you're. Uh, Prepared to to you know go on a, a an emotional roller coaster with it, because mm-hmm. uh, it, it really does run through the gamut. It does. Uh, good job, Marion. Very good job, Marion, and uh, I, I really do look forward to uh, anything else she does from this point on. Um, so yeah, and if she sends you something else, she'll review it. Oh yeah, I mean, it'll, it'll probably still be on this show. <laughs> it'll be it'll, six months later than you. It'll be six to. months later than I'm supposed to, and and uh, I'll. You know, say something uh, incredibly offensive while I'm uh, giving it a positive I'll, review. And I'll talk about. We'll talk s- about Star Wars, Atari and, uh, games, and, and one life to live, and right. <laughs> something to look forward to. All right, uh, Soul Stealer is the book I was thinking of. Soul Stealer, yes, by Michael Easton of uh, One Life to Live fame, as well as the Mutant X. He was in the, the show. Yes. Well, uh, he was not. Oh, that's how he got into comedy. Maybe I don't know, but he was not the uh, the uh, the guy uh, who looked like Andy Warhol, though. I've never seen Mutant X. You shouldn't. It's pretty much only uh, redeeming quality was that the main villain in the book in the show was uh, he was Andy Warhol. <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> hmm. I can see Andy Warhol as an evil villain. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's doing a Soul Stealer, and I think he's doing a Vertigo book with uh, uh, Peter Strauss. Really? Yeah. The guy who wrote uh, Talisman with uh, Stephen King. Who's drawing that? Uh, Shecky Williams. Shecky. I don't know. Uh, uh, that sounds weird. A daytime uh, drama guy and a horror movie guy. Or a horror, horror novelist working yeah. for Vertigo. Yeah. Uh, maybe, uh... Is it Raphael Grandpa? John? Raphael Grandpa? <laughs> what? <laughs> you gotta tell me now what the, what the hell is Raphael. Oh, he's that guy that... He did those spot illustrations on that Becky Clunan, that Five book. Uh, he's, he's a guy that looks sort of like Mobius and Paul Pope having a love child. Remember, that, like, he, he separated the chapters on that... That book five. Oh, okay. All right, all right, all right. Wow. Who the fuck? That's not Peter Strauss. Peter Straub. It's Peter Straub, yeah. Jesus Christ. 
Oh, Peter Straub. Peter Strauss is someone completely different. Completely different. You gotta talk when I'm not. This is oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I'm on. I just assumed you read it in the last half an hour out of the uh, show. Uh, Peter Straub and Straub. Uh, Michael Easton writing a Vertigo graphic novel called The Green Woman. The Green Woman. I love this. This is uh, just some random web page I found that has this on it. Uh, Vertigo is the imprint of DC Comics that is for mature audiences, not children. Oh, wow. Yeah, because all comics are for children. Except for Deep Vertigo. Yep. It's a good thing uh, there's a Vertigo out there. Yep. For so, the five yep. people that aren't children that shop at my work. Yep, yep. Yeah. Uh, you just earlier were saying about uh, how you love children, because uh, that's all you ever see at work. <laughs> children. And they're with their Pokemon cards. Yeah. No, they're buying comics. They're buying... They're buying comics. Faust and Tarot. <laughs> Because <laughs> comics are for kids. Yeah. yeah. Bam, Biff, pow, it's a comic book. <laughs> Look out. Oh, man, I'm still really pissed about uh, that article I wrote for, uh, what the fuck is that, uh, Dayton Voice or oh, this, yeah, this is Impact Weekly or whatever the fuck it's called now. Uh, I did that Mavericks article and right on the... C- uh, the, the front page of that story was you <laughs> and Biff Pam Pal. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I, I didn't Comics are for retards. <laughs> I didn't say any of that stuff either. You didn't. But, yeah, yeah. They, they just wrote it on there. Yeah, in like the worst fucking font with yeah. like a terrible cutout word balloon. <laughs> That's right, they put a word balloon over my head. Yeah. Wow, I am a comic book character. Yeah. That's so good. Uh, it doesn't say who's uh, drawing that book, so so don't buy it. So don't, don't buy, buy it. Don't buy the Green Woman. Don't buy the Green Woman. Uh, Do buy some Jelly Green Giant corn because it's yummy. No, it's not. If it's in a can, corn is not good out of a can. <laughs> what? It's true. Okay. It's only okay. good off the cob. I, I you know, I um, I really don't care. I like corn. I'll. Take it anywhere and get it. Out of the can? Why it's, not? It's gurdy to uh, the max. Frozen corn, you know, preferably, I guess. I like I like it off the cob. Uh, so what do you... When you feel like you're, you want to eat some corn, you just go back into your backyard where your dog takes no. a shit and uh, I go husk the, yourself some corn? I go to the grocery and buy some corn cobs. Really? And, 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 and do you... Uh, Shuck them, yeah. Really, yeah. yeah. <coughs> Shuck them and grill them. Okay, so so you do eat straight off of the cob, and uh, literally, you don't. Uh, I shuck them myself. All right, I'm a shucker. Well, shuck you then, <laughs> man. Wow. Yeah, uh, I had to go there because uh, if I didn't, you would have. Oh, I think I'm done with this. He has a spiraling. Yeah, alright. So, yeah, to reiterate, uh, Shiny Stool, read it, love it, live it. We'll be back shortly.
Alright, welcome back. We're discussing a movie. You picked it. What is it? It's called Last Night. It's a... <laughs> uh, it's a ten-year-old movie by Don McKellar. Don McKellar. Never heard of him. I love Don McKellar. He was in Twitch City, and which is a good show. And he was also in... And a movie I love, it's, it's one of the, I think, mo- more underrated movies called Highway 61. I love that movie. I think you've talked about that before. Yeah. Maybe on the show. I don't remember anymore. Yeah. It's all a blur. He's, uh, he's weird looking. He's a, he's a, he's, he's got a unique features, yeah. Yeah, he's got a giant forehead. Looks like he's balding a little bit. And that was ten years ago, so, I mean, imagine what he looks like now. You never know, he might be like Mork. He may have work. You know, he gets younger. Oh, uh, that's right. That's right. He may be. That's it, because uh, Jonathan Winters was his baby. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan Winters, wow. I remember that guy. I love Jonathan Winters. Dayton native. Wasn't he in, uh... No, that was Wilford Brimley. I started saying John <laughs> in The Thing by John Carpenter. That was Wilford Brimley, though. I'm, uh... I'm going to admit to something that uh, no true horror fan should ever admit to. Uh-oh. I've never seen The Thing. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's a good movie. Uh, that's what I hear. That's what I hear. Uh, you know what else I hear is a good movie? What's Godfather. It? Never seen it. <laughs> I can't... Well, I'm sure there's a lot of women in Godfather, but an odd thing about The Thing... thing about The Thing. There, <laughs> there's... It's a horror movie without any female characters. Right. Like, there's not a single female, which... You know, usually... Um, it's the female that, like, saves the day at the end. Well, yeah, they either, they either get... They either are the one that saves the day, or there's just, like, you know, 20 useless nude shots of like, right. ladies being yeah. hatched up. But this movie is, like, no, it's all about... It's it's like a boys' night out in right, the right. room. It's it pretty good. But we're not talking about them. No. <laughs> <laughs> but it is a good movie. You should check it out. Uh, it's on my Netflix queue. Uh, eventually, it'll be here. My roommate paid like seventy dollars for the soundtrack on eBay. The the uh, is that the soundtrack that had like Ennio uh, Morricone? Oh, I was gonna say like you know, stained or disturbed oh, on no. or something like that. No, no, it was just John Carpenter <laughs> and Ennio Morricone. Because uh, John Carpenter's music is uh, so awesome. Yeah, well, it's all right. I mean, the the main theme is actually kind of creepy for that the, for the thing. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm not a big fan of John Carpenter's music. I think that's his weakest point. Like, you know, that oh, that and the, the whole movie making thing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Ghosts of Mars. I've never seen that. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever. It's see on that. Uh, my TV, uh, Dayton, uh, like uh, six times a week now. Goes to Mars. Isn't yeah, the the, the uh, sister station to Channel Forty Five. Yeah, it's on there. Like, uh, it seriously, it's been on uh, five times in the past uh, two weeks. <laughs> I saw a Mission to Mars. Uh, that was not Carpenter. That wasn't. That was and neither was last night. Yeah. But uh, another horror icon is uh, David Cronenberg. He was in that movie, and I love David Cronenberg. He's great. He, he's he's always really good at throwing in those. Like, wasn't he in Nightbreed, like a little bit part in Nightbreed, too? Uh, he was the, the, the pretty much the main villain in Nightbreed. Mm-hmm. He had a pretty bulky part. Was he? I, yeah. see, I haven't seen the movie in, like, 75 years. I saw it a couple of years ago, but I was a huge fan of the book, so. Mm-hmm. Cabal. It was the book. 
not that pretty. I read the comic because Kelly Jones drew some of them. Kelly Jones is uh, pretty awesome. Wow. Uh, I'm just trying to keep track of how many <laughs> tangents we've went on. I think uh, it's 34. Five minutes in, we've... Uh, uh, what movie have we done again? <laughs> I think it was called Last Night. We're reviewing The Fly. The Fly, yeah. <laughs> the Fly 2. You know, Jeff Goldblum, Jeff Goldblum lost his virginity. Uh, <laughs> he was hanging out with Peter Weller. And, uh, <laughs> and, he, and he told him that uh, he lost his virginity that night, and Peter Weller said he was really honored that Jeff Goldblum shared that moment with him. I think it was when they were making Buckaroo Banzai. Wow. Yeah. Um, wow. Okay, that's a lot of tangents. That is uh, an unexpected tangent, and I, I don't believe it. I read that in the, I think it's called Finder Filler Magazine. What was that? Was that magazine I traded with Jeff? Oh, uh, was that Filter? Filter, that's what it was. That's right. Filter. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, an interview with Peter Weller in there. Huh. Maybe Peter Weller made that up. He's kind of crazy, he, maybe, he's, a he's little. He's studying, like, ink and... Like 16th century Incan uh, oil paintings or something? He is a professor at Syracuse University, and he studies, like, ancient cultures. He is awesome. Yeah. Uh, what a, one of my friends used to watch the History Channel a lot, and he said that uh, he'd watch all these specials about, like, you know, dead civilizations, and Peter Weller would often be, right. like, uh, uh, um, an expert <laughs> guest to talk about it. And I'm like, RoboCop? Yeah. <laughs> But apparently, yeah, he, he's uh, he's a professor there. Wow. So that's cool. He's a smart dude. Yes, he is. But, uh, again, tangent number 89 by now. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, I guess we should talk about the movie. The movie is called Last Night for a Reason. It is about the last six hours of the world from 6 p.m. to midnight. Mm-hmm. And it's about, uh, what, five... Different characters? Yeah, I'd say yeah, five or six different people. Uh, Don McKellar is uh, the main character. I guess if there was a main character, he'd be him. Well, he, yeah, he wrote it and directed it and starred in it. Yeah. Uh, Sandra Oh from uh, Grey's Anatomy fame, uh, who uh, has a gigantic face. Mm-hmm. It's freakish. She's kind of pretty, though. Uh, no, she's not. She's got a freakish, really? gigantic I, face. See, I thought she was pretty. When, uh, when I worked at a TV station, my friend Bruce and I... Drew a map of her face on his uh, on his uh, dry erase board, and we were able to uh, plot out how much space she has around her facial features oh. to to a disturbing <laughs> degree. I guess it was amazing to look at. I guess that's uh, she's she's freakish. I hate her. Oh she's man, she's a terrible actress too. Are you serious? Yeah, I thought she was good. Oh man, this I, was this. I thought she was pretty and good. I think she's got a gigantic freaky face, and uh, she's a horrible, horrible actress. Really? That's why she's on Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> Grey's Anatomy is the worst television show on the face of the planet. See, I've never... I've, the worst television show. I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. Thank your lucky stars. <laughs> the lucky stars, man. Wow, yeah. poor Sandra. Oh, it, I, I, thought she was, I thought she was a good actress. I mean, she is, she's got an odd features, you know, like... Eccentric features or whatever, but I thought she was pretty good in the movie. She was terrible. Oh man! So, I'm, so I don't know what you think of the movie. You haven't said. Otherwise, that. I actually I really enjoyed the movie. Yeah. Um, it was it was funny. It was quirky. Um, there was enough drama in it, believable drama. Mm-hmm. Uh, good characters, except for Sandro's character. 
because uh, I just didn't give a shit about her. Uh, <laughs> oh, just because, uh, like, you didn't believe you didn't believe her. Like, uh, okay. Her acting ability didn't lead up to any sort of uh, sympathy that I would mm-hmm. was supposed to have for her and her situation. Right. Uh, it turns out that we find out at the end of the movie, which I pretty much guessed at the beginning of the movie, that David Cronenberg plays her husband. Mm-hmm. Uh, I he's in the movie. For maybe five minutes total. Right. And I had a fuck of a lot more sympathy for his character than I did for anyone else. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's pretty good. Yeah, he was really good. Mm-hmm. Very understated. And uh, I guess basically uh, everything, everything in the movie is about everyone just leading up to how they're going to spend the last night on Earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, David Cronenberg... <clears throat> Works for the gas company. <laughs> He's like the the man. Yeah. The head. <laughs> Who is going through the list of every single customer of the gas company and calling them to assure them that the gas yeah. would be up and running until the last minutes. <laughs> That's how he spent his last day. Yeah. And uh, he's got like, I don't know what she, I guess she was controlling the gas. Mm-hmm. Uh, his only employee left. Right. Everybody else went home. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> uh, she's a minor character, but, uh... She ties into some of the other yeah, characters. Yeah, she, she does, yeah. I, I like that, too, how much the, like, it all kind of weaves Connected, together. Yeah. Uh, Sarah Pulley is in the movie. I really enjoy her. Who's that? She was, uh, Don McKellar's sister. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was in, uh, Dawn of the Dead, the remake. Really? Yeah. Uh, I, I the, the main character, the nurse. I didn't uh, she was in the movie Go, which I also love. Hmm. Uh, I, which, uh, yeah, I don't think you've ever seen. Um, what else? Ah, she was uh, the little girl in The Adventures of Baron Munchausen. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I didn't recognize her. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's also a weird, weird-ass movie that I've seen her in. Um... Oh, fuck. Now i got to look it up. Um, <laughs> it's uh, the movie that I'm thinking of has uh, uh, Robert Burke in it, who's an actor I really enjoy. Um, wow, I, don't, I don't know any of these people that you're talking about. <laughs> Robert Burke was in RoboCop 3. <laughs> Speaking of... I only saw the first two. Uh, you didn't miss much, but he was RoboCop 3. Oh, he was RoboCop? Yeah. Oh, he took over from a... Peter Weller. What? <laughs> it's like I'm so offended. That'd be like if they made a James Bond without Roger Moore. Uh-huh. <laughs> um. <laughs> what? I've only seen four James Bond movies, but... <laughs> Don't hold back. What, what, are, you, uh, what are you not telling me? N- no, it, it's all right. Um, uh, we're going to leave it at that. All right. Oh, what the fuck was the name of that movie? You'd think I would uh, recognize it if I saw it. Are you, are you looking at the list online? Oh, yeah, I'm looking at Sarah Pulley's, uh IMDb listing. Hmm. Wow, she's going to be in a movie called Mr. Nobody. That's weird. Mr. Nobody? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to get into that. But uh, let's see. No Such Thing? Was that it? Yes. No Such Thing? Yes. Uh, basically, she plays, uh, the girlfriend of a mythical monster that 
she finds. Hmm. Uh, Does uh, uh, Ron Perlman play the monster? Robert John Burke plays the monster. And uh, as I said, he's awesome. He's, uh, I know you haven't watched much of it, but he's in uh, Rescue Me. He plays uh, Dennis Leary's cousin. Oh, the, uh, the dead guy? No, no. He plays uh, one of the live cousins. Oh, okay. He's a priest. Or yeah, I don't think I've seen that. Guy. In later seasons, he's uh, he's a defrocked priest. But uh, you know, for some reason, I like that show. Like, it doesn't seem like <coughs> something I would like. What rescue me? Yeah, for some reason, it just seems like something. Because I don't, I don't like shows about cops or firemen or anything. Like nothing. I'm, I'm not some anarchist that says we don't need firemen or cops. Like, I love them. Yeah. Kudos to you guys, but I don't want to watch a, a television show about them usually, there's, especially cops. I'm, I'm pretty sure there's never been another show about firemen. Uh, uh, <laughs> Backdraft, the television cartoon series that was inspired by the movie. <laughs> I remember when was I that like uh, Starship Troopers, the cartoon? <laughs> I just remember going to Burger King and uh, getting those uh, Backdraft toys and the Happy Meals. You remember that? No, I'm just, I don't know, I'm just making it up. <laughs> Little Kurt Russell, you could comb his mullet. Robert De Niro, that was the hard one. It was only available for one week, the De Niro one. Okay, there was no fireman television show. Right, but, thank you, thank you. But I, I usually wouldn't want to watch, you know, I'd, I'd really Who's watch. Who's got Dennis Leary in it? Yeah, he's he's pretty good. And uh, Robert John Burke as, uh, as Mickey. I like the guy that plays the, like, uh... Bulky old fireman guy, the head of the, the chief. The chief, yeah. Uh, fuck, I can't remember his name. He's pretty cool. Uh, I love that show. It, it seriously, it's uh, my favorite television show. I I really thought they were going to use Rescue Me by who's that? You know, Diana Ross or whoever as the, the theme song. Aretha Franklin. Aretha Franklin. <laughs> that's that's terrible. That would be terrible. Yeah, that would be terrible. Wow. Thank God you're not running shows. I know. <laughs> There'd be backdraft <laughs> toys and Happy Meals and Aretha Franklin <laughs> doing obvious theme songs. Uh, anyway, uh, fuck talking about Rescue Me, because you're just ruining oh. it for a generation of children. <laughs> uh I think that's pretty much it for, like, recognizable actors in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, the one guy, um, the the guy having sex with uh, all of his uh, fantasy yeah, partners. Yeah, I mean, that was pretty believable. Yeah. That seems like something people would actually do, just if you find out the world's in and make a list of all the weird sex you'd want to have. Yeah. And, yeah, he's turned his entire kitchen into a list. Yeah. <laughs> even, even calls his uh, French teacher from high school. Right. Yeah, he gets uh, the teacher, the black girl, um, the virgin, a virgin, uh, uh, tries to have sex with a man. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> uh, doesn't uh, succeed. I that we that we see that we get to see. Apparently, there was a I, we didn't see this, but on the list on the wall, there was Menage a Trois and Blind Girl, the Blind Girl, all yeah. kinds of stuff. Uh, there was some other stuff. I mean, you could see it in the background. I don't remember half of it, but mm-hmm. it was all pretty humorous. But uh, he's played by, I recognize the name and I recognize the face, I just don't recognize, I can't place it in any other movie or show that I've ever seen him in. But uh, that was, yeah, that was a pretty interesting uh, 
take on what you would do with the, your last day? My favorite guy, though, favorite choice, his high school buddy, I don't remember his name, that uh, had his first piano recital. Right. Because he was like, I, I'm just going to do what I wanted, always wanted to do. Yeah. You know, and like he didn't care who showed up, like four people showed up. And right. He's playing this piano recital as, as the world ends. But yeah, but there's, uh, you know, I mean, there's some typical end of the world stuff that you see, uh, you know, uh, in other apocalyptic type movies, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the guy having sex, the guy, there's looting and rioting, but there's also like gigantic parties. Right. And, yeah. Like big fellowship kind of things. Yeah. Prayers, circles. And, uh, I think the funniest one though is, uh. The, the main character's family having uh, Christmas, Christmas, Thanksgiving, and, like, all the holidays, like, all at the <laughs> oh, same time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, wrapping up uh, stuff that they used to have as kids and uh, giving to them as presents. and Like trophies and magic yeah. items. <laughs> uh, and uh, one of the things that definitely separates it from other apocalyptic-type movies is... Um, um, like every couple, every every couple scenes, then we'll flash on like you know what time it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it starts out at six p.m. and then we see every hour from there. Right. And like the one thing that I, it bothered me at first until I guess I kind of realized that maybe that's what was causing the end of the world. But it was daylight the entire time. Right. Like uh-huh. yeah, it'd be like ten p.m. and like they'd be standing outside and the sun's out and. Yeah, they never really say, but it, you get the idea that the sun is, like, engulfing the earth or something. <coughs> right, They're getting right. so close that Supernova. it's... Supernova. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and, which I thought was a great a great gimmick to to do... Like, I mean, how how many times have you seen an apocalyptic movie that was that low budget? You know? Right, right. I mean, they didn't, they didn't spend any money at all. <coughs> yeah, right. no special effects other yeah. than, like, you know, tipping a car. Right. And right. a train. And, and a train. train. Yeah. Or, well, a bus. Uh, it's like a trolley train, yeah. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, that that was impressive. They spent no money, but they actually had an audience believing it was the end of the world. Yeah. And, the, yeah, that just all comes through good writing and uh, decent acting, other mm-hmm. than Sandra. Oh. Yeah, well, she couldn't pull it off. Could not pull it off. Terrible actress. I like her. That's why she's on Grey's Anatomy. I said it once, I'll say it again, I'll say it till the end of time. Grey's Anatomy, a worst show on television. If you watch it, you're fucking retarded. Man. (laughs) Man. It's hardcore. I've never never seen it, but I don't... I don't know, I thought she was alright. She wasn't the strongest part of the movie. She had me... Like, towards the end there, especially. I mean, I don't know, I was starting to feel a little little tearing up there towards the end. Not a clue. I wish he would have shot her. I knew it wasn't going to happen because it was, you know, telegraphed from, you know, 18 miles away, but, uh, yeah, uh, wish you would have just, oh, fuck, pulled the trigger, five seconds too early. It'd be funny. I would have laughed. But, not what they were, not they were going for. (laughs) But yeah, Don McKellar, though, he's, I just love that guy. He was pretty good. Uh, I did not buy the whole... Him mourning for his wife or anything like that. Yeah, that was that was seemed a little like not really finished. Yeah, uh, but you know, in every other situation where it was just sort of him and you know just wanting to be alone and just sort of putting up with everyone around him, you know, he was very believable. I, I would have believed it a lot more if they would have just said, you know, 
you know, he just wants to spend his last hours by himself because, you know, he just likes to be by himself. Yeah. You know, I would have, I was like, yeah. I, w- I would totally believe that. I'm that guy. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. that guy too. I'd be like, what do you mean? Uh, no, I just, I'm going to hang out in my apartment and... Yeah, just yeah. like, you know, like, I'm going to read some comics, maybe right. have, have a, a glass of wine, yeah. walk the dog, and yeah. that's all I want to do. Yeah. Yeah, sure, earlier in the day I'll go visit some friends mm-hmm. and everything, but yeah. yeah, that last hour, fuck you all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but so. yeah, I hope that guy makes a bunch... I, I mean, that was ten years ago, so maybe he's made some more movies, but... What has he done recently? Uh, recently. Yeah, he, he's great. Let's see, he was in the movie Blindness, which just came out. It's j- Japanese. Uh, no, it's just... Uh, that's the title in Japan. Oh, okay. That has nothing to do with what it is. Uh, Odd Job Jack. He was in a TV show, 52 episodes. Wow, well, I've never heard of that. It's probably Canadian. Odd job, Jack. If it's uh, like any other Canadian TV show, it's probably terrible. Uh, it's an animated comedy. Huh. About uh, one guy's misadventures and uh, temporary employment. That sounds like a terrible, terrible animated comedy. <laughs> like it's a cartoon? Yeah. Huh. Oh, wow. Okay. <clears throat> oh, that's just me. Uh, let's see. <laughs> You're like, Dennis, Dennis Laird does a voice in the anime. <laughs> uh, what has he done? What has he done? He's been... He's a busy dude. He's constantly acting, so there's that. Yeah. I wonder if he's directed anything else. And directing. Oh, he was in Existence. Is it, is it that infomercial with Ron Jeremy? No, that's just Extends. Uh-huh. Existence is uh, David Cronenberg's anti-sci-fi movie. Anti-sci-fi? Yeah. Well, he must be pals with David Cronenberg. Yeah, he must be. Is he in The Fly? Maybe he yeah. was. Maybe he played one of those like weird green aliens that secreted a lotion and naked lunch. Uh, no, he's not named Naked Lunch. No. I need to see that movie again. It's it's better than the book. <laughs> it's one of those movies. I tried reading the book and it's like, it's like some heroin addict had a fever dream and forgot. You know, some of the pages when he sent it to the publisher. It's hard to read. Wow, and there, uh, you think a heroin addict had something to do with that book? <laughs> the, That's the crazy. Naked, naked one? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that book's... I couldn't get into it. No, it only looks like he was in uh, Existence with uh, David Cronenberg. Hmm. And uh, last night was made before that. He was in Robocop. So, the TV show. Oh. Yeah. Don McKellar was in Robocop? The TV or, show. But still, that's weird. It's just the TV show. We're talking about Peter Weller, and it's all connected. Whatever. So the, bizarre. The TV show barely counts as anything. Yeah. it's the t- It was on what, Sci-Fi Network. Didn't that have, like, uh, cartoons by Frank Miller in the middle of that, though? No. Like, I thought he wrote the, the parts with the superhero. There was, like, a, car- there was like a show... That there's a show with like this Toy Story animated looking character, um, like in the background. Like they didn't actually show you the audience the cartoon, but like they would watch it. And I think Frank Miller wrote the. Uh, I, I I swear I always heard that. You're there. fucking drunk. No, I'm not. I've only had, I've only had a couple of beers. Uh, Frank, I'm I'm gonna call. Frank well, Miller that's weird. The uh, the. Uh, RoboCop TV show had uh, an actress who was uh, in Rescue Me. Man, 
I swear. <laughs> this is like a catch cradle of pop culture. Wow. Uh, anyway, back to Don McKellar. Uh, he wrote the screenplay for Blindness. Hmm. Um, he wrote some other stuff, it looks like. But, uh, well, I've never said what I thought. I love Last Night. Okay, I don't I care. Lo- I love that movie. What did he direct? Because uh, that's what I'm looking up now. You know what? Uh, a word from the management, child star, phone call from imaginary girlfriends, Istanbul, phone call from imaginary girlfriends, and Kara. Wow. He so not much. All those great mil- movies. The Blue? The movie called The Blue? Blue. And The Bloody Nose. Blue like the color. Yes. But probably not that one movie that I think. It's a short movie. Hmm. With David Cronenberg. That's weird. See, they're pals. Yeah. I'm going to have to search out some more stuff by that guy, because... Yeah. So tell me what you thought about the movie. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I, <clears throat> I love apocalyptic stuff. I really do. Like, one of the best theater experiences in my life was when I went to see The Day After Tomorrow. And I've been I've been pissed upon verbally by many a friend. <laughs> but I, I swear, I went there by myself in the middle of the day on my day off. And basically, I was I was b- basically the only one in theater. There was like two or three other people. So I got like the perfect spot, right? Like right behind the, uh, uh, you know, the, like the railing in the center of the of the theater. That's not the perfect that's spot. The per- that's my favorite spot. My perfect spot is very, very last row up against the wall. Oh, see. <clears throat> and I got to watch The World End. Oh, it was, it was awesome. I love end of the world movies, but they're usually, they're usually shite. Yeah. You know? This one is like kind of thoughtful and kind of funny and low budget, so it's, you know, they have to, instead of relying on, you know, giant explosions, they have to rely on, you know, characterization. And right. I, th- I thought they did a great job. <clears throat> yeah, uh, I really liked it. I liked the fact that it was so low-key. Uh, not low-key, but low-key. Right. Right. Yeah, Thor has nothing to do with this movie, <laughs> though it would have been awesome. No. David Cronenberg uh, did direct that Thor movie. Uh, is that the one with uh, <laughs> William H. Macy as uh, Donald Blake? <laughs> I'd go see that. <laughs> I would go see that. Wow. That would be awesome. William H. Mrs. Donald Blake, man. I would totally see that. Oh, I love William H. Mrs. Uh, Alright. <laughs> wow, you blew my mind with that one. But, uh... Is there anything else you want to say about this film? Um, let's see, uh... Not, not really. Not really. I mean, yeah, it's it's a, a neat little package. Yeah. It's, it's well acted, you know, for the most part. Uh... <laughs> Characterization, great, and subject matter, interesting, and yeah, yeah, check it out. Alright, uh, yeah, uh, that's pretty much all I got to say. So, um, yeah, we'll take a break and we'll be back with our picks for next week. Or next two weeks. Mm-hmm. Whatever, fuck you! We're, we're bi-weekly, we're like uh, Ultimate Spider-Man. Is it bi-weekly? <laughs> I have no idea. I don't know. It should be. You're the, uh, you're the retailer. I know, but I don't read that crap. Well, yeah, you don't read comics. I Actually, I read the Hulk. <laughs> I read the new shift Hulk last night. <laughs> we both did. Yeah. This week. Yeah. Because I, I love Art Adams. And uh, I was like, I'm going to read this issue of Hulk because Art Adams drew half of it. Art Adams is amazing. Wow. That was 
such a terrible story. It wasn't. And I was like, I can't believe this is this is the guy that brought me Teen Wolf. You know? <laughs> and, and Commando. He, and Commando, and he wrote this crap. <laughs> but Art Adams, his pages were beautiful. Art Adams was amazing in it. Uh, Frank Cho did a solid job, as always. Mm. But yeah, it was possibly one of the worst comics I've ever read. I've read some bad Hulk comics, but that's up there. It's yeah. bad. Uh, what was it? Like the first half was... Uh, I mean, when I was flipping through it, I was surprised that uh, it was uh, the Grey Hulk. Yeah. And like, so I had like... Like, not only did Arthur Adams draw it, yeah, but then I was like, Grey Hulk? Yeah, yeah. Awesome! Yeah, like, Art Adams drawing Grey Hulk and... Or Joe Fix It and right, right. Moon Knight. You're yeah. like, wow, this is going to be cool. Yeah, and I yeah. read it and it's just like, oh, wow, this is... Not only is it a piece of shit, mm-hmm. but it ties into a comic I haven't read before yet, because it tied into like some Hulk annual or special that came out like six months ago. I'd, I'd actually read that one too because Art Adams drew half of that. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And yeah, I, I so I did read that. I did have the backstory on that, but yeah, it still didn't help with the story. It was yeah. a terrible story. It was uh, yeah, the Hulk versus uh, a. F- a pack of Wendigos. I know, and the whole cool thing about Wendigos is they're... He's the only one. They're stuck in Canada. Yeah. You know? I mean, I'm drinking an imported Molson, but we don't want to import the Wendigos. That's, no! That's part of what makes them cool, is they stay in Canada. <laughs> now, this was in Vegas. Right. But, wow. I mean, but yeah, the whole part of the Wendigo, though, is that there's only one. Right. Because it transfers from person to person after they've been killed and eaten, or whatever. Or something like that. He's just... He's pooping uh, on the whole, on the Wendigo yeah. uh, mythology. Yeah. So, Jeff Loeb, stop writing the Hulk. <laughs> Go write Team Wolf 4. Yeah. Well, oh. I think there needs to be a 3 first, but... Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Or, you know, uh, just just only work with Tim Sale. Because he does okay oh, yeah. work when yeah. he works with Tim Sale. Uh, well, that is the same Jeff Loeb, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, wow. it is. <laughs> it's hard See, to believe. I know. <laughs> There, there are two Jeff Loeb's. There's the one who works with Tim Sale, and then there's the one who writes everything else. Sale liked Hush, but we won't get into that. Uh, no, yeah. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think we should uh, call it a night here. Yeah. So. All you, right. you got to get up in like four hours. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, we'll be back with our next segment. Thanks. Motherfuckers. I didn't expect you to go there. Yeah, well, uh, it's because, I don't know. Because you usually take that deep breath right before we start, and you put on that professional facade, and then we then we just spiral into, Descend, like, yeah. puerile nonsense. <laughs> you didn't expect me to kick off of this? Yeah, you just <laughs> shot right into it. <laughs> I am a bag full of surprises. 
like uh, like, like, uh, like going trick or treating and uh, and finding uh, Taco Bell hot, hot sauce. sauce. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's almost Halloween, and you just told me about your coworker who alternately. My boss. Oh, your boss. <laughs> I guess he alternately places candy and hot sauce in children's bags. Yes. That's just evil. Because uh, his theory is that, you know, the kids say trick or treat, and he says, okay, you got to guess which one. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess that's kind of cool. I mean, I, I liked hot sauce when I was a kid, but <laughs> I didn't want it in my Halloween bag, though. <clears throat> yeah, I, I can't say that I know how I would react if uh, I was like 10 years old and got hot sauce. I guess I'd be pissed. Yeah, I would be. <laughs> and you'd, then wonder, again, you'd wonder who gave it to you, too. Oh, yeah. Because he doesn't, like, he doesn't, like, let them pull hot sauce out of a box. He, like, dumps it in their bag, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, bastard. Oh, yeah. But uh, that's not why we're here. No. We're here to talk about love, peace, and understanding, and wishing goodwill from all of our listeners to go out towards the millions of suffering right now. And uh, I couldn't really, could really keep up with that. It's like, where, uh, where are you going? I'm, I'm full of shit. I don't give a damn you're about of, anyone. You're full of Vicodin. Uh, true. Very true. You're riding the V train. Yes, I am. But I don't hurt. That's good. Yes. Your tooth's all right. My tooth is all right currently. Tomorrow will be a completely different day, but I don't have to do a show tomorrow. So yeah, <clears throat> I just have to edit, which means that uh, <laughs> severely probably. Oh god, yeah. Already like uh, two and a half minutes in uh, just to this segment, uh, it's like uh, there's about twenty seconds uh, of salvageable uh, material, of use- useful information. Yeah, I guess uh, we should get some of that useful information out there. Let's pick uh, what we're doing for next episode. You or me? Who's going for it? Uh, Let's see. I picked uh, this week's comic. You picked this week's movie. So tell me what I'm reading for next episode. Well, okay. This is the third time I've picked the comic now. The first two, I knew right off the bat exactly what I wanted. This is the first time I've had trouble deciding. Yeah. The first one I, I'll tell you the first two that I was thinking about choosing. All right. It started out, I was like, I'm going to do Jude and Haas. Alright. That's what it's going to be. Okay. And then I was like, no, that's just going to depress everybody. <laughs> so I was like, okay, never mind. And then I was like, ooh, th- here's a good book. I, I had an advanced copy of a book, too, yeah. and uh, somebody gave me, not to review, just he was like, hey, take this advanced copy. And uh, <clears throat> it was called Jamilti by, uh, I think what, I think her name is like Rotu Modin or something. It's like a, it's an odd name. And I was like, yeah, this this will be a good one because it's it's you know brand new now, and I'd read it and I liked it. But then I realized the advanced copy I have is black and white, and the actual thing's color. Uh-huh. And you know we can't really do that because that'd be an unfair, you know. Why they they can't see it? Well, I'm just saying like it might we might be like the mood of this comic just wasn't very striking, and, uh, and it just uh. it might be unfair. So I was like, yeah, that one's out. So I decided uh, there's a book I bought a few weeks ago, and I just haven't got around to reading yet. But I've been meaning to find a reason to do it. Yeah. And here it is. Alright. It's uh, Acme, Novel Libra- Acme Novelty <laughs> Library number 19. No, I read that already. Right. I, the only two books I read this week were Red Hulk and Acme Novelty Library. <laughs> <laughs> and one of them sucked and one of them was good. Yeah. I'll let you guys guess which is which. Oh, we already told them which one oh, that's sucked right. in the, the previous segment. But, uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I chose. Too Cool to Be Forgotten by Alex Robinson. Okay, yeah. 
The guy that did Box Office Poison and Trip. Yeah, yeah. I've, uh, yeah, I've seen that book sitting on your shelf. Yeah. So, I haven't read it yet. You haven't read it yet? Nope. We're going to both read it. Sweet. I had been kind of interested in that, so, yeah. Sounds cool. Awesome. <clears throat> I guess uh, you'll warn me if there's, like, uh, 60 panels per page. I, fl- and- I flip through it to make sure that... <laughs> To make sure there's not a <coughs> 3,000 panel sex segment like on the last one. Awesome, awesome. I do look forward to that. So. I, uh, you know, I had trouble thinking of a movie to pick no. up. Uh, only because there are so many movies uh, that I wanted to choose from. Uh, part of me was thinking, because part of me thought that we were going to do the movie this upcoming Thursday. So I was thinking, oh, we should we should do a horror movie for Halloween. Oh, and, right. You know, even though it's going to come out two weeks after Halloween. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I started thinking, well, you know, uh, we could still do a horror movie because we haven't done one yet. That's true. Uh, but then I started thinking about other movies, like movies I know you haven't seen uh, that I, I want to impose upon you. Uh, I thought about uh, the movie Go. I've talked about it with you a little mm-hmm. here and there. Uh, I also thought about uh, The Fountain. Uh, uh, I have seen that. Yeah, you have? Mm-hmm. I have not. I own it. I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, okay. Uh, so I thought about that one. But uh, the one I I've finally I've decided on, I'm, I'm sticking with the horror movie. Yeah, okay. Uh, but it's uh, a little bit above grade horror, uh, and we're going to have to read. Oh, Itchy the Killer. Itchy the Killer. No. Are you serious? No, I'm not oh, serious. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard I've heard about that one. Uh, I'm going to fill in the, the, the joke there. Uh-huh. Uh, like uh, a year and a half ago, I let you borrow my copy of Itchy the Killer. Right. And you had it for like nine months. Yeah. And you never watched it. Well, I, to be fair... <laughs> you tried watching it. Like five times. Yeah. And I, I fell asleep, like... Because I'd always watch it at, like, you know, one in the morning, and it was I was tired, and there's subtitles, and I'd make it, like, ten or fifteen minutes into it every time, and instead of, like, just starting where I left off last time, I'd be like, oh, i got to start at the beginning. And always, every time I'd fall asleep. <laughs> no, I'm uh, not going to force you to watch that yet. Oh, no. <laughs> Eventually, though. Yeah. No, the uh, the movie I've chosen is uh, The Devil's Backbone by uh, Guillermo del Toro. Oh, okay. That's uh, uh, the movie he did before Blade 2, I believe. Okay. It, uh, it may have been after Blade 2, uh, but before Hellboy. Yeah, I've heard of that one, but I've never seen it. Uh, and it's it's pretty much the precursor to Pan's Labyrinth. And, uh, he's He's got uh, a definite thing that he does uh, when he, he makes his own movies. Like, uh, he'll do his Hellboys, which... I know he's a fan of, of you know, Mike Mignola and right. Hellboy and all that, uh, but you can definitely tell that there are themes that reoccur when he, he uh, is on his own. That's, that's and good. This is sort of like the, the second movie in like a trilogy, I guess. Oh, really? Yeah. Pan's Labyrinth's part of that? Yeah. I mean, it's not like uh, only in, in thematic terms. Okay. Not, not like uh, direct sequels or anything like I was, that. I was really digging Pan's Labyrinth. Uh, that's a good movie. It's a great movie. I love it. But uh, Devil's Backbone is, I think, equally as good. Ooh. And wow. uh, definitely well, look forward fits to that, more into the horror uh, aspect than, than Pat's Labyrinth does. So, yeah, uh, that's that's what I've chosen. Cool. So put on your reading glasses. All right. Or, uh, I always have my or within the next two weeks, learn Spanish. I did take a couple years in uh, high school. Yeah, so did I. And, and I'm, uh, you know, Puerto Rican. 
don't know a goddamn word. <laughs> I know I know a few words. For some reason, I, I, I remember siempre. Uh, I remember just a few random <laughs> words. Whenever I hear anyone in my family speaking Spanish, I can pick up here and there, but I mm. uh, couldn't fucking repeat anything. I definitely cannot hold any kind of conversation, but I can I can understand enough that like I can pick up what things are supposed to mean, maybe. Right. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm the world's widest Puerto Rican. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so that's uh, yeah. What's coming up for episode five? Well, those are both. I'm looking forward to both of those things. Yeah, me too. Me too. So yeah, check out "Too Cool to Be Forgotten" and "Devil's Backbone." Yep, and uh, please, people, write in. Yeah, come on. We got one email. Uh, All right. This past week, one every uh, two months. That's not bad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's uh, from um, someone that uh, I sort of uh, hoard ourselves out to to. to uh, uh, try to get the name of the show out. Oh, okay. Uh, Tom Caters of the world-famous Tom vs. the Flash. Oh, that guy's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, he wrote in, uh, said some very nice things, gave us a couple suggestions uh, mm-hmm. for the show to, to make it a little bit better. Figure he's done his own podcast and been part of a fairly successful podcast for years now, so yeah, maybe we should uh, listen to what he has to say uh, mm-hmm. you know, just, just a little bit. He, he might know what he's talking about. Right. Uh, so, uh, yeah, thank you, Tom. For, for sending some feedback. That's awesome. You're actually the first person to uh, send us physical email about that. Yeah. Who, that we don't already know. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, if if you don't know us, but you, you uh, want to write in, please do. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. And if you don't know Tom Caters, check out Tom, oh, definitely check Tom out versus the Flash. Tom versus the Flash. That's really good stuff. Yeah. And uh, while you're at it, around comics as well. Because mm-hmm. uh, he's on that Pretty much every week, and just as funny. Mm-hmm. Just uh, not talking about the Flash all the time. Right. Cool. All right, well, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, let's uh, go ahead and wrap this up. I guess we just, just wrap this up. Yeah. yeah, let's wrap it up again. All right. It's like a Chinese New Year. It's a double wrap. Yeah. It's like Run DMC. What? <laughs> Two rappers. Oh, okay. Run DMC. Walk this one. <laughs> My Adidas. Come on. All right, this is going nowhere fast, so... Uh, we'll see you next episode. You always perish. <laughs>